going to work today and I'm wearing my OU shirt and literally I've I've worn the shirt before and like sometimes I'll get comments and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um but today it was like a thing. I don't know if today was like national wear your college shirt today. Oh, so like everyone was wearing their college like shirts? Everyone was. Oh but my no one God. had planned this. Everyone was just wearing it. Yeah. So <laughs> and then we started talking about it because it's funny. A lot of, obviously, a lot of my coworkers went to UT, went to Texas because we're in Austin. Of course, of course. Um, and just some of them, like, some of them we had, like, actual conversations about it and stuff, you know, being like, oh, yeah, you know, there are definitely a lot of departments at UT that are a lot better, like, academic wise, football wise. We beat y'all all the time past, like, you know, 20 years, but whatever. Boomer. It's fine. Sooner. Just gonna throw that out there. Basically. But, um, a couple of the others, they were just like, ew, it's that disgusting shirt you're wearing. And I, I had to be like, look, okay, our colors are crimson. Red looks good on a lot of people. 75% and of people. And burnt orange looks bad on everyone. Orange looks awful on everyone. Yep. And of course, I say that, and I'm surrounded by people who went to UT, Tennessee, and FSU. <laughs> and, well, I mean, their schools are like, wrong. Orange, I'm sorry. I've never seen someone wearing orange and yeah. been like, yep, that is the color that outfit should be. Well, and I will say, with the fact that football season is getting ready to start here in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. I've had so many people, like, talk to me about it. Because at my job, right now, I haven't been there for a football season, so they have yet to see that side of me. <laughs> and they, like, they like all went to UT. And so there's all the jokes of, like, oh, we can't be friends. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm used to not having friends here during football season. <laughs> like, Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm not fucking scared of you. (laughs) I'm not fucking scared of you. You don't make me afraid. We don't have to be friends. You don't know me. I mean, I don't don't have to be your friend. You make bad decisions anyway, because you went to schools that are not OU. I mean, still a really good school. It's a really good school. I know. But their athletic program, not as good as ours. You know, I will say I am ready for UT to be better at football because it's always more interesting. Absolutely. Um, I mean, with OU Texas, both teams still bring it, and it's still a great game to watch. But I support the Big 12, and I'd really like UT UT to be better. So, like, come on, guys. Can you, like, No, I would love for, like, the number one and number two spots in the Big 12 to be OU in Texas. Yeah. Like, I think that would be wonderful. By the way, I'm Brittany. Oh, I'm Tyler. And this is episode 16 of Blood and Wine. God. Wait, this is episode 16? Yeah, this is episode 16. Oh my god, I titled my notes wrong. <laughs> I did my title in episode 14. That's okay. 14? It's because you've been gone so long. I know, because I was like, yeah. Yeah, I just got back from Seattle, um, what, a week and a half ago? Something like that? Which, yeah. fun fact, um, when you are flying across the country, don't take a flight that leaves at 1 a.m., lands at 9 a.m. and you take the bus to work because you're going to be dead, as I was. But it's, it was so much cheaper. It was like it was like almost $200 cheaper to take the red-eye flight and sleep on the plane than to like pick a different flight. So right, of course. It was worth it, but Seattle was really fun. It was actually really relaxing. Like, I worked a lot. 
Um, you know, got to see friends, did a little bit of touristy stuff, but it was really fun. Yeah. Um, well, guys, we're on Patreon and yes. we post murder minis as well as some other content that you can only get when you subscribe to Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little as little as a dollar a month. Mm-hmm. really helps us out we're getting really close to having a website yes so if we can get a couple more people to support us we'll have a website with a blog and, the, and there we're going to share our show notes more information we'll share our source links just if you want to dive a little bit deeper into the cases that we're talking about i also want to add that we do have uh different levels on our patreon so if you give different amounts you can get different um things from shout outs on Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram or in the show or all the way up to being like the show director and yeah. getting to choose the topic that we do. Speaking of shout outs, I yes. wanted to give a shout out to Samantha Lasky. Yep. She is one of our new Patreons and kind of my favorite person in the world. Yes. Thank you, Sam, so, so much. Uh, she has been a huge supporter and she's actually in the UAE. I know. So she's one of our expat supporters, and we literally love so it. jealous. Oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> Her Instagram is gorgeous. Yeah. The photos give me envy and wanderlust so bad. I know. I have wanted to. I have wanted to visit Dubai for so long. One of my friends, um, Lizzie, she lives in New Zealand. Um, she went to Dubai for like. I don't know, a couple weeks vacation. Yeah. And just was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Dubai. And I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know you could just like go to Dubai. And I looked at it and like, yeah, you could just go for like two grand. Oh, just go. You know, just go. Cause. (sighs) Wow. But yeah, no. So jealous. I want to go so bad. Yeah. Well, Samantha. We Thank love you. you so much. You're amazing. Love your support and love every time I see your name pop up on our Patreon or on Instagram. And it's true. I'm looking at all your photos. Just know that. <laughs> Loving them so much. So on the same note, um, make sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're um, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Yes. And I know, I know y'all can find us other places because yeah. I guess... Being on all of those platforms has our, we like spider web out and we're on a lot of other ones too. So you can find us in a lot of places. We've started diving a little more into like the analytics side and it will show us like the different websites people find us on. And I mean, every day it's like, never heard of this website before. Although I'm really curious who is finding us on Internet Explorer and who is still using Internet Explorer. And do you need help downloading Chrome? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, because we'll include a step-by-step guide well, if Inter- you need it. Isn't Internet Explorer still the main one that they put on PCs? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's I mean, it's not Internet Explorer anymore. It's They rebranded it. It's now Microsoft Edge. You didn't... It's been that since, like, Windows 10, so, like, two years ago. Okay, well, yeah, it's I, Microsoft I'm a Mac user. Edge. <laughs> and I had no idea. I use it to download Chrome. That's all I've ever used mine for. Hmm. Um, but... Do we... Do you want to get into the wine? Um, well, let me first get into our theme. Oh! I, it's, it's been a while, so I forgot the... Yeah, so this is probably the closest we'll ever get to recording before post-date. Yeah. Um, so since Tyler was out of town, we really had gotten ahead 
and we haven't recorded in like three weeks now since the first so since the first yeah a like a little three, over three weeks yeah so sorry y'all it's um y'all are gonna listen to this on tuesday and it's friday night yeah so it's it's kind of cool because i can be like like everything that we're talking right now is still going to be insanely relevant on tuesday i mean all I mean, the stuff is but yeah it is but you know what i'm saying yeah um but yeah we're gonna be doubling up and doing a lot of recordings and gonna record a murder mini after this and yes, if you want to listen to it be patreon. a patreon um so just going into the theme that i picked this week yes it it started as a little bit more high a little bit more high level and it it narrowed down into a little bit not high level wow <laughs> yeah what a, what a great analysis i know i know i i present for a living uh. <laughs> it shows. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, no, so the the topic is killers or um, criminals who were influenced by villains. It's along the lines of copycats. Yeah. And so copycat criminals are either inspired or directly motivated by something they see on the news, uh, something that's in fictional media, just something that they see and they're like, I want to do that too. And um, the term copycat actually has its... <laughs> it actually has its origins back in 1916, and it was used to describe a lot of the crimes that people did when they were influenced by the legacy of Jack the Ripper. Oh. So, um... Is Jack the Ripper a cat? What? You said that the phrase copycat came after people were... <laughs> No, Jack the Ripper is not a cat, although he no. was never caught. I know, but I'm like, it, not, not is Jack the Ripper a cat? I'm sorry, but that is exactly what you asked me, which is why I stared at you with so much confusion. Guys, we're sober, so... This, you no, just but wait. Like, <laughs> Jack, I don't. Jack, oh my god, that's a t-shirt. Is Jack the Ripper a cat? <laughs> Where did you get cat from? What I meant is like... I didn't come up with it. I was not alive in 1916. <laughs> oh, well you look like you were. Oh. Oh. Whatever. Continue. Jack the Ripper, possibly a cat. <laughs> possibly a cat influence people to also do cat like things like sneaking around and murdering people so it soon became clear that like large media coverage could have a strong influence on people um who are committing crimes I mean, yeah and as as media became more prevalent with like tv movies video games copycat crimes also uh it's become a, a sensitive issue yeah. With how much are people being influenced by the things that they're seeing. And studies really have generally shown that uh, the specifics of the media doesn't influence people. But it's it's more so giving them ideas of of how they could commit crimes or different crimes that they could commit. So it's okay. not... So it, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not necessarily them wanting to do exactly what they see and they're being influenced by that exact yeah. person or character. It's that they've got ideas from it. Yeah. Um, and then in some of the worst cases, mass murderers have been found to aim like 
at a higher number of victims in order to beat the quote-unquote high score of some of these other criminals that they've seen in media. Jesus. Um, And, you know, there are copycat crimes linked to famous villains like Tyler Durden from Fight Club or Ghostface from Scream. Just anything and everything. So that is the topic. And... I'm interested to see how we both take this topic and yeah. what and what we select and I think this is a topic that has legs that can be <laughs> can walk <laughs> around legs like a cat. Oh my god, it's full circle. You see what I'm going at? Mm-hmm. Getting at? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so with that clearly we need wine. Yeah. So I'm just going to jump into this. Yeah. So um, tell I me about the wine you picked. So I'm scared. I know you honest. are. Guys, I'm freaking scared. She's terrified. So, um, you know, previously Brittany had gotten me to try a Chardonnay, which I, I actually enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so I decided to get a wine that she thinks she's going to hate. I really do, guys. But You'll know why. Just wait. So, this is the Emma Reichardt Dry Riesling 2016, uh, and it's from Germany. Yeah. So, Brittany hates Riesling because she hates sweet wine, which I'm not a big fan of sweet wine either, but this one is very dry. It's even one of those that has the little, like, chart thing on the back. Yeah, like the scale. And it's all the way to dry. So, um, it is described as... Fragrant citrus blossom notes that mingle with apricot, Meyer lemon, and honeycomb in this mouth-watering dry Riesling. Everything but the honeycomb sounded really good. I know. The bright and citrusy style works well with green, quote-unquote, flavors such as lime, basil, tomatillo, and jalapeno. The vibrant minerality pairs well with seafood, Chicken, salads, guacamole, Thai, and other Asian cuisines, and it should be served chilled. All right. Well, it's chilled. It is. Also, this was from Trader Joe's, and it was like four ninety nine, which is our price range that we've been doing recently. I know. It's interesting because the flavor profile really sounds similar to a Sauvignon Blanc. It does. So especially the say, lime. What was the one we had that had the lime that was really good? The Morro Bay. Yeah. Picton Bay. Picton Bay. Yeah. Picton Bay. So also, it's a screw cap. Does it smell like sugar? No, it smells like a Sauvignon Blanc. It does. And it's also really pale. Okay. Like I said, so a dry Riesling might be a Sauvignon Blanc secretly. I mean, obviously it's not because it's different it's grapes. Um, but, so a Riesling is a German wine. So I thought it was really cool that this one is a German wine. Right. Which is probably why they're able to make it dry. You know, because they're the experts of true Riesling. All right. Okay. Cheers. It really just smells like a Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. All right, cheers. It's a little bit more tart than a Sauvignon yeah. Blanc. It's it, not sweet at all. No, it's really dry. It's like a mix of a Sauvignon Blanc and a Pinot Grigio. Kind of, because it is or a maybe little... Or that I'm thinking of. I don't know. I've only had a Viognier like twice, so... But I'm a fan 
That's pretty good. Yeah, I think you successfully did what you sought to do. Find a Riesling that I like. Yep. I'm still very intrigued and also now very curious to look into the world of dry Rieslings a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. do you remember the, the blue bottle of Relax Riesling? Oh, The one that we God. all drank when we were like not 21 yes. yet? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, my God. I think that is part of why I don't like Riesling. Because obviously when I first started drinking, I didn't like wines that weren't sweet. Yeah. I mean, it didn't take long until I did. Um, I mean, but I think everyone's first wine was, well... Boone's Farm? Well, yeah, it was Strawberry Hill Boone's Farm. Second wine was, like, Behringer White Zen. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, tell us what your first wine was, if you can remember. I'm just curious to see what people were drinking. Yeah, and it'll be nice to hear from some of our international listeners if it's, like, an American thing to go for the candy wine. Ugh, Jolly Rancher. Remember that one? (laughs) (laughs) So we went to a vineyard here in Texas a a couple months ago. Yeah, a couple months ago. And Texas is known for its sweeter red wines. That's one of its things. We went to this one. They had a couple wines that were good. We did like a flight, like a pick six or something. Yeah, yeah. It's actually kind of expensive yeah. for a wine flight. Uh, it was like, what, 30 bucks or something? No, I think it was like 20 but still. Yeah. Um, anyway, one of the reds, it was their like award-winning one, but it had a, it was described as having a Jolly Rancher finish, and yep. it absolutely did. And I, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah, it, it was really sweet. And it was their, like, award-winning one. And I know people really like sweet wine, but it just, it's not my jam. And And reading Jolly Rancher, it did taste like jam. (laughs) Jolly Rancher finish, I can't. No. No. Um, Yeah, sweet. I'm going to drink this so fast. It's good. I know. Sweet wines, I I can do the occasional sweet Riesling, or, like, a sweet, lighter white. But, uh, Usually if it's what the option is. Like, it would be probably my last go-to. But. Yeah. Anyways. So, we have our wine. We have our topic. What is your case? Okay. I will jump into mine. I'm more uh, more excited about this topic than I thought it would be. It was a little bit challenging. So, mm. when I came up with the idea... I thought it'd be pretty easy to find someone with the character I have in mind. And then it turned out, finding a a solid case, there really was one example. This was not one that was easy to research. (laughs) No. Um, Not at all. So, in recent years, one of the most common antagonist characters um, that has inspired criminals to do high-profile crimes or even small misdemeanors has been the Joker. Yeah, makes sense. Which is the obvious villain. And the version of the Joker from Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight has, like, it has particularly attracted criminals um, because of his anarchic values and his striking appearance Mm -hmm. with very pronounced scars and just how wonderfully Heath Ledger played that character and how disturbed he is and just really, really getting into the roots of the Joker through 
through that movie. Um, and before I go into my case, I do want to spend some time on the history of the Joker just to get a little bit of understand. Number one, I am like a freaking gigantic Batman nerd. Oh my god. Like, y'all have no idea. Like, it's... I have a Batman tattoo. I Which I forget about all the time, actually. Yeah, it's the bat signal. Um, you used to have, like, your Batman lunchbox. I mean, the to... shoes I wear every day are Batman. Oh my god, you're such a nerd. Yeah, and I, I am, and I will absolutely, um, you know, claim that, accept that. But see, Batman is one of those things that you could be super into it, and it's not like weird nerd it's like oh yeah fuck yeah batman's cool yeah whereas if you were really into transformers or something people would be like that's kind of fucking weird it's not because people are into all these different i agree it's not i mean (laughs) i'm gonna judge you because you're my sister and i can do that but like no face value being really passionate about a creative art is not weird i don't know why it's seen as Weird. I don't know why it's seen as nerdy. It's really not. I mean, it is. It is because we say it is, but it's really I mean, just That's being... literally how language works, but we don't have time to <laughs> unpack that. So, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Joker. And I think... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for interrupting you. Tell me. Tell me about the Joker. I don't know how much you know about the Joker growing up with me and Sydney... Um, I know you hear about Batman and the Joker and, like, all of this a lot, but I found I don't some... give two fucks about DC, so very little, actually. I know about Harley Quinn because of that, like, Batman Beyond um, series, animated series. Yeah, that you used to watch after school. Yeah, and I like Harley Quinn a lot. Yes, I like her, too. Um, but I'll be talking uh, about her as I, well. I like Marvel. I'm actually not... I don't really like Marvel either. I like the X-Men. Yeah, but you don't like movies, so you haven't seen all the X-Men. Yes, I have. Have you seen Logan? No. Okay, Okay. (laughs) I forgot that was one. Oh, hmm. point for me. It's really, really good. Now, I've heard it's, like, one of the best ones. It's amazing. I've watched the first, like, ten minutes, but then I got distracted. Highly recommend. The Joker was first imagined by the Batman creators Bob Kane, Bill Finger and artist Jerry Robinson in 1940. Oh, wow. So that means that he's been around for almost 80 years, and... That deserves a drink. It's a long... 1940 was 80 years ago. I remember the 40s. It was nearly 80, yeah, in two more years. So, um, but the Joker is, of course, known for his unusual appearance, um, all of his outlandish crimes, and his very unique relationship that he has with Batman. Uh, he's one of the most obscure characters in the DC universe, and throughout the whole series, there's always just this this back and forth with Batman and the Joker. The Joker is his absolute nemesis. The Joker's lack of a definitive origin story is one thing that, that plagues even the Joker as the character. He... On all Does he not know his? No. So, and I've got a little bit more detail on exactly that, but he will constantly tell different origin stories for himself. And it's a lot of what makes this character just so unique. And he's obviously one of the easily recognized, one of the most recognizable characters in comic book history. 
He has his elongated smile, the stark white skin of his face, the green hair that sometimes it's like crazy, sometimes it's slicked back. And um, these are all the identifying characteristics of the Joker, also known as the Clown Prince of Crime, which is kind of hard to say. Yep. Clown Prince of Crime. Yeah. That's what he's known as. And his concept was based on a Joker card sketch that co-creator Jerry Robinson um, saw However, Conrad Veet, his character in Gwynplaine, uh, was the inspiration for the Joker's design, especially like this grin that's just stuck on his face. And the the grin's what he's known for. Um, and there are a couple, again, depending on what comic you're reading, it's either like the, the, the Glasgow smile, where it's been cut into his face, so it's permanent, which mm-hmm. is like what Heath Ledger has, or there's also um, one of the stories that says he suffers from what is referred to as a rictus grin, which is an abnormal, an abnormal sustained spasm in the facial muscles that generates this permanent grin on his face. Oh, okay. Um, the Joker first appeared in the very first issue of Batman's solo series, again, in 1940. So Batman was introduced in not his own series, but he was in a couple comic books, and then he oh. like took off, was really popular, and he got his own series. And the Joker appeared in that very first... Oh. I was about to say episode, but very first... Uh, Book. Issue? Issue. Thank you. I was like, there's a word. What's the word? Very first issue. And... Um, in this first story, the Joker, uh, he let loose his Joker toxin across Gotham. And this is something that would instantly kill people. And when they died, they'd be stuck with, like, the Joker smile. Oh, okay. Really know how, That's pretty but, fucked up. Yeah, so his toxin got loose in Gotham. And originally, Kane and Finger wanted to kill the Joker after this first issue. However, like, by having him, like, accidentally stab himself. Um... But then there was a veto by the editor, Whitney Ellsworth, who saved the Joker, was like, no, no, we're not, we're not done with this, this character yet. And they made a last minute panel to add into the issue where it reveals that the Joker survived. And obviously this veto was freaking huge because without the Joker in the Batman series, the series itself for this entire 80 year period would be completely different. Yeah. Um... And again, back to his origin. That's the biggest mystery of all comic books, just in the history of the comic book world. It's one of the biggest mysteries, and it's never, ever been given a full, definitive answer. Um, However, there have been writers who have tried to do it. And a lot of having different origin stories is defended by the Joker being um, very insane and crazy, and uh, he just... That's how they justify it. Yeah. But in the 1988 graphic novel by Alan Moore, Batman the Killing Joke, which they recently made into a movie, which is really, really good. It's so oh. good. Uh, it's a cartoon movie, but it's it's very adult. Uh, mm-hmm. Because this is one of those comics that's not not for kids. Yeah. Which a lot of the Batman, that they're really not for children. Uh, yeah. Um, it's like deep and dark, and it's dealing with this completely psychotic character the joker yeah um 
And in the novel, we're given, like, different flashbacks of the Joker being a failed comedian who turned to a life of crime as his character called Red Hood, and he was trying to support his pregnant wife. Unfortunately, while being Red Hood, he runs into Batman, and he falls into this chemical vat. He's trying to escape from Batman. And this disfigures him, and that, combined with the death of his wife... And his child, he's driven insane, and this is how he becomes the Joker. But in this story, the Joker says, uh, sometimes I remember it one way, sometimes another. If I'm going to have a past, I prefer it be multiple choice. <laughs> the Joker appears in majority of Batman comics, often killing dozens of people, eluding capture. However, when Batman and Robin do capture the Joker, he always, of course, escapes. And that's just what he's known for doing. Like, he's never caught for very long. Yeah. And after, like, a short hiatus in the late 60s and early 70s, writer Dennis O'Neill and artist Neil Adams revived the Joker and took him back to his uh, supervillain, homicidal, lunatic character. Where it... Because there for a while, he was playing, like, games and tricks with Batman, and it wasn't true Joker. It wasn't this dark, sadistic character. It was a little bit too fun. So because he's just this murderous villain, he was ultimately uh, found to be legally insane and was committed to Arkham Asylum instead of being sent to prison. Yeah. So Frank Miller comes in and he's writing the Dark Knight series. And this is where the Joker is like really dark and it, it just takes things in a very, very different direction, which is making this character even darker and darker. But while he was in Arkham Asylum is when he meets his, who would be eventually his sidekick, Harley Quinn, whose real name is Dr. Harleen Quinzel. And she first appeared in 1992, and she was his psychiatrist at Arkham. Mm-hmm. And she started being infatuated with him, and helped him escape when he eventually is captured again and brought back to the asylum she sees him all bruised and beat up and it like drives her crazy and this is when she eventually becomes Harley Quinn and his sidekick and it's if you've seen Suicide Squad it's one of the first films like they're featured together and the Joker is actually a part of this DC universe and a little bit more with some other characters but I've gone on and on and on, and I could continue to go on and on and on, but not only did the Joker influence a lot of characters and villains, but also a lot, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of criminals and misdemeanors, and there's there's someone that, you know, went into a daycare dressed as the Joker and was killing children. Jesus. And there are criminals that would dress up as the Joker and... This one kid set his school on fire. Jesus. And it's just very much a wide spectrum of things. There was also this one guy that was found with this huge um, ammunition arsenal. And he was caught before he got to do anything, but he was heavily influenced by the Joker. There was this one um, army guy that killed his bunkmate who was obsessed with the Joker. So it just, it does very much get to people. Yeah. But the most famous criminal that was inspired by the Joker was James Holmes. Yep. And he was the Aurora, Colorado theater shooter. So 
thank you for listening to my really long mm-hmm. background. But number one, I love that kind of stuff. Obviously, I'm obsessed with it. This is my yeah. this is my obsession episode where I get to talk about football, Batman, and the Joker. That's true. So I'm loving it. What is my obsession episode going to be about? It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen when you least expect it. And before you know it, you'll be talking about your passions. Like, you know, peanut I'd butter and... I have to find those first. Peanut butter and pigs. Peanut... What? <laughs> How you dip your pork rinds in peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't do that. Just that sounds kidding. awful. I was just commenting on the fact that yesterday I couldn't remember anything you liked or disliked. That's true. <laughs> you don't know me. You're like, well, you hate cheesecake. <laughs> no. What's the other thing you said? Um, I don't know. I asked you, but I don't remember. I'm just going to get into this. Uh, no, you thought I hated guacamole. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing I couldn't remember. God, you're so wrong. I know, because guac would go very, very well with this wine. It would. It really would. Uh, so, on July 20th, 2012, is when this shooting happened. James Holmes it was a medical school dropout at 24 years old. He actually was in school for a neuroscience PhD in a oh, PhD wow. program. Highly, highly intelligent. And I'll have some examples of just just how smart this guy was. Yeah. Um, so he sat outside in the parking lot getting ready to take out this plan that he had imagined. Yeah. Inside screen nine of the Century 16 cinema, there was a midnight premiere of Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises. That's the third in the series. That's the one with Bane. Mm -hmm. And um, he went into the theater, sat down as normal, and then left about 20 minutes in and came back dressed in tactical clothing and started setting off tear gas grenades in the crowd. Jesus. And started shooting indiscriminately into the crowded theater. Where do you buy tear gas? I don't know. He had tons of guns. And he, and he brought them on. So a lot of the people when he entered in dressed up what... Some people initially thought he looked like Bane because that just kind of what he was dressed up as but he had his hair was actually red but it was or it was orange excuse me it wasn't red it was orange and it was his play on the Joker but people thought it was a part of the the movie that it was a stunt because it was the midnight premiere so something's going on and before I get into all the details I want to do a little bit of a background on things that led up to this event Um, Holmes had mental illness in his history Mm -hmm. and cbs news actually reported that he had met with at least three mental health professionals at the university of colorado before this ever happened one of them holmes actually told of his homicidal thoughts and this psychiatrist considered placing him on involuntary mental health hold but decided against it which why she believed that Holmes was borderline and the commitment would only inflame him. So he would just get angrier. Okay. The unfortunate thing is if this would have happened, it would have prevented this entire thing from happening. Yeah. But who's to say after he was released from it, that he wouldn't have done it it still. I know. I know. And so that's what you're right. You can't say it completely prevented it because it didn't necessarily. It prevented the day. Yeah. Which 
the day was significant because it was a Dark Knight Midnight premiere. One, another one of the psychiatrists suspected prior to the shooting that his mental illness could have been dangerous. And a month before the tragedy, Dr. Lynn Fenton, which that's the one that could have placed him on the mental health hold, she told, she told the campus police about his homicidal statements. Um, and then two weeks before the massacre, he actually sent a text message to a fellow graduate student asking if that student had ever heard of the disorder dysmorphic mania and then warning this student to stay away from him because he was bad news. So so he's reaching out and like things are are happening before he ever executes this crime. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, he was a huge fan of superheroes, including Batman, and his apartment was decorated with Batman paraphernalia. And an actor, Dave Aragon, stated that Holmes called him twice the month before the shooting and was very interested in an upcoming film that Aragon was going to be in. He was the writer and director of The Suffocator of Sins, which depicts a vigilante who shoots criminals. Okay. So he's trying to get a hold of this guy and was talking about, like, just his interest in this movie and in the trailer. So according to Arapahoe County District Attorney George Bouchler, Holmes picked the Century 16 Theater for his attack because he liked movie theaters and that specific theater had doors that he could lock so people couldn't get out. Jesus. And um, he wanted to increase the number of casualties as well as it being in an area where police the police response would take longer. Mm-hmm. Um he specifically chose to attack at a midnight screening because he believed there'd be fewer children there, which is, I guess, one good thing I tried to yeah, do. I guess. Uh, it's still... Because there, this, there were 250 people in here, Jesus. tons of them high school students. I mean, yeah. if you remember, I was young when I went to midnight showing. So he considered other places for the attack, like potentially an airport, but... He ruled that out because there was too much security and also it would be seen as a terrorist attack. And he said that terrorism was not the message. The message is that there was no message. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, In addition, he had considered using explosive, chemical agents, biological agents in his attack. But he rejected that scenario because he thought he might accidentally blow himself up. And he didn't want to do that. He also considered serial killing as an option, but reasoned later that it was too personal. There was too much evidence. He'd easily be caught and there'd be fewer kills. Yeah. Okay. So it's really a think of his options. So again, like I said, there were a lot of people in the cinema who'd come dressed as Batman. Holmes came with red hair. And when he was eventually arrested... He told the the police that he was the comic book hero's nemesis, the Joker. He armed himself with four different guns, tear gas canisters, and his plan was to kill as many people as he could. About half an hour after the film started, like I said, that's mm-hmm. when the attack happened. He killed 12 people and injured 70. Jesus. And at the time, it was America's... Uh, it was one of the worst mass shootings. Wow. And it happened... So this, again, was in 2012. The one that had happened before this was the one in Virginia, at Virginia Tech in 2007. So it had been a while. 
now unfortunately now we've, we've it's got like every Vegas, couple of we've weeks. got Parkland, we've got Pulse. Yeah. It just this is now no longer topping the list, but it is still in the top tiers of yeah. this list, which is fucking sad. So there's actually one person who was in an adjacent cinema who was hit by a bullet that penetrated the wall. Oh shit. So that's one one of the injuries and People were saying in interviews later that every few seconds it was just boom, boom, boom. He would reload and shoot. Anyone who tried to leave, they would just get killed. There were a lot of people who would play dead, hoping that they'd be out of the way of the gunfire and that, you know, again, they had to pretend they were dead, so hoping he would go away. And uh, one person ended up jumping from a 20-foot balcony with a baby in his arms because he was just thinking, I've, I've got to save this baby. Mm-hmm. And he he just jumped over the side. Gunshots were flashing left and right. People were falling. Like, just... Jesus. Just an absolute massacre. So, again, people, when he entered... Uh, again, these interviews afterwards, people were saying they thought it was some publicity publicity stunt. He threw tear gas over the crowd as soon as it happened. Like, everyone could feel it in their eyes. And so it's just... In that, that moment is when people realize, like, this is not a joke. Yeah. Something's happening. Bullet casings were falling on people's heads. People were shocked trying to go to the exits. Just the things that I read... The, I'm looking at the, a list of quotes right now, and it's just... It's horrifying. Yeah. And some people would try to crawl towards the exit. They saw... This one person saw a girl about 14 laying lifeless on the stairs. So, dead. There was one person who was quoted, you know, saying they they saw someone next to them laying on the ground. They're like, come on, come on, we got to get out of here. There was no response because that person was dead. There was one person that was helping someone next to them. And the next thing they knew, they got shot in the head. And just... Jesus. I I can't I just can't even wrap my head around this type of shooting spree and he he had his shotgun and after it was empty he dropped it, grabbed a rifle that he had strapped to his back, started firing, then he used his pistols, like he had multiple guns on him and all of these he got legally and he started building this arsenal in May. From two shops. He got all of this from two different shops. See, as you know, as many of our listeners might know, because I think I mentioned before, I am so against guns just entirely. Like, I know you are. If, if you're not in the military or some police officers, I literally don't think it should be legal. Like, I'm sorry, you have a tiny dick, but you don't need a gun. And it blows my mind that someone can get, just buy all these guns. That I could literally uh-huh. go to Walmart tomorrow morning and be like, oh, that one and that one and that one and that one. And, oh, yeah, sure, they should do background checks. But if they don't, then it's, you know, it's I get them. Yeah. And it, I, I just cannot fathom that that's allowed well and this was someone who and we don't have to go too deep into this because i feel like it could be an endless conversation but the fact that he was clearly found to have mental illness Mm -hmm. 
and had even said to a psychiatrist that he had homicidal thoughts and he was able to just go buy all these yeah. guns and I've, they're just there have got to be better yeah. restrictions yeah it's so easy to get guns and to do a mass shooting in America I know and I like think that's why it's happening yeah every other week it feels like yeah there was a period there about six months ago when it was just another one another one another mm-hmm. one there was Las Vegas there was Parkland there was just yeah. there was the one in uh, Texas mm-hmm. in spring at the church yeah yeah yep. I'm sorry I don't remember the name of the city but yeah those all happened mm-hmm. just back well, to back well also I think that says a lot about it you're like oh there was this one I can't even remember which one it was I know because there yeah, were so there, many because happening. There's so many because it's so, and people are like, "Well, who knows what could do anything to stop this?" I'm like, the reason this doesn't happen in other countries is because you can't get guns like this. Yep. In other like highly industrialized Western countries, but like I said, <sighs> we could go on yeah. and on and on. Yeah. So. Um... During their investigation, police did try to discern whether he was acting out of one of the bloody attacks that the Joker did in the Batman comics. And there's one issue of the Dark Knight comic where the Joker kills an entire late night television audience with gas. And in that same comment, a deranged loner, who's, who's not the Joker, carries out a mass shooting in adult movie theater cinema and the Batman video game Arkham City is set in an abandoned cinema that's probably connected to that comic book where the lone shooter went in. Mm. So there's potential that Holmes was influenced by this issue. But again, it's more so the entire character of the Joker combined with someone who's clearly mentally unstable. Mm -hmm. And um, that created this incident and as police officers started arriving at the scene they used their patrol cars start ferrying people to the police to the excuse me to the hospital uh, obviously because there weren't enough ambulances to get all of these people yeah, there well there's what you said in the 70s people injured yeah 71 jesus and holmes he he did not resist arrest at all he was standing next to his car in the parking lot when police arrested him. And when they apprehended him, he told them that he had booby-trapped his apartment with explosive devices before he headed to the theater. And I think the plan was for those to go off while he was at the theater. So it was just, again, mass chaos. Mm. And if you think about it, the Joker has done multiple things oh, where yeah. he blows stuff up. Like, well, I mean, in the, dark scene night, in the dark night, in the hospital. Blows up, yeah. Exactly. Um, and... The police got to the third floor of his apartment and removed the window and found booby traps that he had left for them. And his apartment just had various incendiary and chemical devices and trip wires. I think if they would have opened the front door, it would have set things off. Um, and all of this was highly, highly sophisticated a system of bombs. And... Of course, this sent everyone into a panic after the police looked in the window. So they evacuated the apartment building and the one next to it. And it, and it took them multiple days to disarm all of these bombs and booby traps Jesus. that he set up. Um, so the aftermath affected how the world then moved forward with the rest of the premieres for The Dark Knight. The UK 
Stepped-up security included bag checks on his premises for the midnight premiere of The Dark Knight. The Paris premiere was canceled completely, and Christian Bale ended up pulling out of all publicity interviews immediately after the event. Yeah. And then President Barack Obama said that he was very saddened by this horrific and tragic shooting, and he ended up cutting his electoral campaigning to return to the White House, and where he, of course, faced inevitable calls about gun laws. Yeah. And uh, how to tighten them. As time started to pass, a clearer picture began to surface. There were interviews with a dozen, dozens of people who had known James Holmes or been in contact with him. And they painted a pretty disturbing picture of this person who had been struggling with severe mental illness. And he, he had, around this time, been hinting at others that he was losing his footing. He, he was always goofy, out of place, never really felt... And he was just your awkward, awkward kid. He yeah. was incredibly smart. And he just kind of kept himself separated in this quiet little world. And he would have small moments of being an extrovert or making like little jokes in class. But as time got closer to the events happening, his classmates and his friends said that that, that even stopped. And he really, really was very in to himself and very antisocial. And, um, so after going back and forth for about three years about whether or not his mental illness played into the attack, the trial finally got underway. So Mm -hmm. it took a long time for them to even get to trial because he was trying an insanity defense and it was really just proving if if that was the best route to go, how much his mental illness was going to affect how they approached the trial. On July 16th, 2015, a jury found Holmes guilty of 24 counts of first-degree murder, 140 counts of attempted first-degree murder, one count of possessing illegal explosives, Um, and the court sentenced him to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Did he get two sentences for each death? Probably. That's what it looks like. Weird. As it turns out, you know, earlier this year, actually in July, was when the records from the psychiatrist that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. the one, um, oh, Dr. Elaine Fenton, her handwritten notes and documents were released, and it was the notes that the jury got to look at. Yeah. And um, I think it was determined since he was going with an insanity plea that those, that, that broke doctor-patient confidentiality, they were able to be used, something like that. Yeah. Because there was mental illness there, and because the jury was getting to see these notes. It's a little bit assumed and guessed that this is why the jury did uh, life and not death sentence. Yeah. Because there was something going on, but they didn't want him on the streets at all. Yeah. So yeah, that was James Holmes, who was heavily influenced by the Joker, carried out one of the country's worst mass shootings. And there's so, so, so much detail around this case that I realize I'm not going yeah. into, but that's because I could easily do a two-parter on this case alone if we want oh, to go absolutely. into, like, all the discussions that were going around about mental illness and gun control and his particular case. And like I said, it was three years before they ever even went to trial. Yeah. A lot happened. And if y'all are interested in finding more information, it's it's a really fascinating and pivotal case i think in the history of our country and how things 
I, I don't know. It, it's very, very political. It is. It and it w- became more about mental illness and gun control than it did about the victims. Oh, absolutely. And, you, and also, again, you know, just tying into the theme, how his influence came from popular culture and from yeah. uh, media. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy case. And he's just this freaking genius that needed help and admitted that he needed help and wasn't even getting it. Yeah, that's. I think that's what... Not what gets me, but that's just another layer of shit on the fucked up cake. Is yeah. that, like, he reached out for help. He kind of utilized the resources that were available. And for a bunch of different reasons, they didn't pan out. And I'm like... Yeah. But, again, obviously this is not that doctor's fault or anyone else's fault. Like... But no, no, it, it's it's no one's fault. No, it's more of a collective fault in the yeah, system. Absolutely, your case is one of those that I'm gonna I'm gonna open the second bottle. And yes, that. yes. But I think one of the things that um, is so heartbreaking okay, about maybe yours, your... maybe all no, no, I got okay. it, I got it. Sorry, um, it's really tight. Is that I remember it. Because it was six years ago. Well, it's when one of my best friends... I mean, she still lives there, but she lives very close to Aurora. Yeah. And I remember texting her and just being like, you weren't by chance at a movie theater last night, were you? Yeah. I mean, just... Yeah. Because you never freaking know. You never know. You never know. And I was was scared. And, oh, I forgot to say this. One of the victims that ended up passing away... She had just escaped a mass shooting that happened in Toronto two weeks earlier. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And I, I apologize. Yeah. I don't have her name. I think it was Jessica. But I... Yeah. Yeah. So. See, that's that's one thing that I... I really like Facebook's safety check feature. Oh, I love that feature. Um, Because there have been multiple times... When you've had to use it? Isn't that sad? Yeah. I mean, at least with the natural disasters, I love it, but it's it's more like, yes, that happens. Like, yes, I was not near Central Pacific College, Um, but, like, one of my friends, he... I used to uh, wait tables with him in college, and he now lives in China teaching English. Um, He's been there for a few years. That's so cool. And he's been on vacation in Indonesia for the past three or four weeks yeah uh when these earthquakes happened like he was on the island oh my that they god happened. but he checked himself he in. checked himself in because i was god. i had seen his pictures of being i don't remember the name of the island but him being there and then i saw that that same island in the news being like oh my god is he alive because he hadn't posted pictures for a couple days that's terrifying. but he once he got internet access, he checked in that he was safe on Facebook. And it, it's That's just horrifying. so scary. God. Yeah. And I, well, like when the the Nice attacks happen, yeah. I have a couple friends I studied abroad with that live in Nice. Yeah. That they checked in, thankfully. But it, ugh. Oh, my God. Well, um, yeah, I remember before my trip to Paris was when one of the attacks in Paris happened, and then Nice wasn't too far, and we were also going to Nice, and it was just like, 
very nerve wracking. Um, but on on a totally unrelated note, I just want to say I do like this wine, and yeah. I am really surprised. Me too. Because I gave you shit. You all did. You week. gave me shit. Literally, Since I bought the wine and told you what it was. He told me what it was, and I go, are you kidding me? You're going to make me drink that shit? And I take it back. I take it back. This is a good wine. I recommend it. So, yeah. Emma, Emma Reichart. It's, to, this is what, this is the kind of wine I would want from a Pinot Grigio. Yes. But I, they always are just. Gross. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. You know what? That's that is our next challenge. We need to find, a, find Pinot a Pinot Grigio, Grigio that we like. It's gonna. But be we hard. have to make sure we're not like, oh, this Pinot Grigio is light and crisp and free, because we can't get, oh, it's a Pinot Grigio, but it's basically a Sauvignon Blanc kind of thing. I mean, this is a Riesling, but it's basically a Sauvignon Blanc. So I don't know what, what you're saying. Fair, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so. What case did you pick for your villain? So for mine, I went villain influence. I went a little bit of a different direction. Okay, um, and good. I chose the Slenderman stabbing. Ooh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. So the sources I used. Um, oh my god! I didn't say my sources. Okay, what were your sources? Um, my sources that I used were because I used a lot. Ranker, mm-hmm. What Culture, Telegraph, The Denver Post, New York Times, and Screen Rant. Um, sorry, I just wanted to make sure I gave all yeah. of those credit because I, I used a lot of sources for all the information that I presented. So Fair. now, sorry, please go ahead. Tell okay. me what your sources were. <laughs> so my sources were uh, Wikipedia, um, mm-hmm. The Washington Post, ABC News, and then I used a lot from this article in New York Magazine. Um, yes. And the article is Slender Man is Watching by Lisa Miller. Yeah. Um, it is an incredible article. I definitely suggest if you're interested, want to read more in depth in the case, very much go read that article. Well, and there's also a documentary on HBO that's really, really good. Yeah. See, I, before I picked this, I knew of Slender Man... Because, like, I've seen different things on Tumblr and just online. Yeah. Like, memes, basically. Yeah. But not, not anything in depth. You know, almost level of, like, the Babadook kind of right. meme status. Which, that movie, kind of scary. Did kinda you funny. know? Okay, so you know how the meme was that the Babadook's, like, a gay icon? No. Oh, that's, that's the, like, joke meme is that the Babadook is, like, a gay icon. Oh. Because during Pride Month, I believe last year, there was just an error on Netflix, and The Babadook, which is an Australian horror movie about, like, depression, and he's a monster, something, whatever, yeah. was actually put into, like, the gay and lesbian, uh, <laughs> like, gay and lesbian, like, not comedies or like something. Genre? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's how that was born. That's awesome. So you'll see a lot of memes of, like, Babadook. People being like, oh, you're so scary. And being like, the only thing that's scary is that hair and those shoes. Anyway. <laughs> um, I love it. But yes. Now so, that movie, not so scary. <laughs> you know. But so Slender Man, I didn't know much about it. I also know that he looked like people in those like weird ass morph suits. He's that... also like the, um, what is the villain in Doctor Who 
where if you blink and you like we have to tally mark on your body how many times you've seen them and they have like no face do you remember oh my they, god yes they look like I know the slender this episode. man um, it's in multiple episodes they come back yeah, it's not the greater intelligence no um it's not the weeping angels because those those blank, are the ones blank. that if you blank those are the fucking scariest ones uh, we're also nerds for Doctor Who, by the way. Um, we both had Doctor talki- Who tattoos. Yeah, I was talking about them today. My boss saw my LNZ, and she was like, because she knows French, and she was like, how have I never noticed that? And I was like, well, probably because it doesn't show very often. And I was like, it's also a Doctor Who. And she's like, well, it's also a very common phrase. She's like, you'll be at any park in France, and you hear moms like saying to their kids, like, LNZ, LNZ. <laughs> Which I've never thought of, and I'm like, that's amazing. I love it even Fair. more. Fair. <laughs> no, I get comments on my Bad Wolf tattoo all the time. All the time. All, like, well, it is the tattoo I get comments on, but it, it's also the one that, if I'm see. wearing short sleeves, it fully shows. I was telling her how we somehow stumbled upon this phenomenal mm-hmm. tattoo artist that was oh okay God. with doing script I for us. He was so good. He was and so good. I still follow him on Instagram. Oh, same. He still follows us. I know. He likes... Thanks, Bradley, if you're listening. Yes. Bradley, you are awesome and super talented. He's not in Seattle anymore. No, he's in, what, Los Angeles? Uh, or... I, I don't want to say uh, We yes don't know where no, you are. <laughs> but um, I, if I ever end up in a city where he is again, I totally would go back to him and get another piece. Absolutely. Something a little more detailed than a word. Yeah. No, because his detail is amazing. Anyway... Um, so, Slenderman. It was Slender such a Man. fun night. It was. So, Slenderman. One of the interesting things about him is he's not, um, a, like, organically created kind of mythos legend thing. What do you mean? Like, he's not something that, like, old folk t- folklore and stuff. He's not something that was created in, like, right. old folklore and tales and stuff. He was something that, for a contest... He was graded. Wait, what? And was this on the creepypasta or whatever? Well, actually, this was before creepypasta. This was how he was created. Oh my so, god, I'm so excited because I don't, um, I don't know anything beyond that. So he was created on June 10th of 2009 in a thread in the Something Awful uh, internet forum. Um, oh the my thread, god! It's a it was a Photoshop contest where the users their challenge was to create paranormal images. That was the challenge. And it's the one with is it the park? Well, I don't. Um, Sorry, the, he he uploaded multiple. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so forum poster Eric Knudsen, who was under the pseudonym Victor Surge, he contributed two black and white pictures that were groups of children oh in which he added a tall, thin, spectral figure that was wearing a black suit. Yeah. And although most of the like previous entries were just these photos. He also had uh, little snippets of text that were supposedly from witnesses that described the abduction of these children and gave the character the name Slenderman. So, How does this guy feel now? I'm just wondering. For real, though. So, under the first photograph, there was... Wait, it's such a... Sorry, I just want to say, I'm not I'm not shitting on him. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it was such an innocent contest. I know, that, that ballooned now it's... into what you're about to tell us. Yeah. I, I just... That's But I mean, in the same way you could say that about the Joker, it was just, you know, a sketch from a Joker card. I know. That ballooned into... So it... I know. Fucking art. But anyway, the quote that was under the first picture said, We didn't want to go, 
We didn't want to kill them, but its persistent silence and outstretched arms horrified and comforted us at the same time. 1983, photographer unknown, presumed dead. That's the first quote. These things are terrifying. I know. The second one said, One of two recovered photographs from the Sterling City Library blaze, notable for being taken the day which 14 children vanished, and for what is referred to as the Slender Man. Deformities cited as film defects by officials. Fire at library occurred one week later. Actual photograph confiscated as evidence. 1986. Photographer Mary Thomas. Missing since June 13th, 1986. Like, it's just creepy shit like that. I want to post one of these photos on our Instagram. Okay. Yeah. No, we absolutely should. Mm -hmm. Uh, Be on the lookout for those. I guess, like, on Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. Today. Or, I don't know. Whatever you're listening to this, it's on the Instagram. Just uh, check it out. So... The addition of having the text on these photos transformed this from just being a photograph into, like, a work of fiction. Um, and then subsequent posters really expanded on this character. Um, they added their own visual and text yeah. contributions. So it started, like, ballooning from there. Um, so he was inspired to create the Slender Man primarily from Zach Parsons' That Insidious Beast, Stephen King's The Mist, uh, reports of Shadow People, Mothman, and the Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Oh. Yeah. So Slenderman, after this, soon went viral. Um, there was a bunch of different fan art, cosplay, and other online fiction that was known as creepypasta, which are scary stories that are told in just short snippets that are easily spread throughout the internet. Um, you know, removed from its original creator, mm-hmm. Slenderman became the subject of a bunch of different stories in from many different authors with a, just a huge overarching mythos. Oh, okay. So because of Slenderman's fictional mythology mm-hmm. um, and the fact that it's evolved without, like, official canon, there's no, you know, there's no Grimm's fairy tales or anything that is... The Slender Man story. Right. Um, his appearance, motives, habits, and his abilities aren't fixed. And they change depending on who the storyteller is. Oh, so he can, like, do different things and has different purpose and, and all of that? Just yeah. To... Okay. Well, that makes sense because he's not even story-related. It's just yeah. out it's of this just... contest and evolved from there. Yeah. So, most commonly, he's described as very tall and thin with unnaturally with unnaturally long tentacle-like arms. Ooh, um, he can extend them to intimidate or capture prey. Does this stuff ever kind of creep you out? Not really. Because you, you're a lot more logical than I am. Is that the right word? Yeah. Pretty much. You're, Pragmatic. You're, yeah, yeah. And, and like realistic. Because stuff like this, when I look too much into it, I'm like... It, it's not that I necessarily believe it's real... But it's that that little bit of, like, what if that creeps me out. See, well, besides, the, you know, like, I, I'm terrified of aliens because we still don't know if that's real or not. And I absolutely believe aliens are real. I think it would be stupid to not think. The universe is so much. No, there has to be other life. Like, I, I think it would be absolutely idiotic to believe that we are, th- that Earth is the only planet with life. That, I agree. Yeah. Well, and I hate that how much, like, our media and just our culture has turned 
the idea of aliens into this terrifying they're here to attack us yeah which i don't know i don't know what it is it's the unknown it just it terrifies me see what gets me me is that are there like humanoid life out, out there i don't know that i'm not sure is there a planet out there that's a forest planet that has trees yes and those trees are life like that is alien life because it's not on our planet so any all right that's true so that's why people like no first off i'm like okay what do you mean what are you saying no to are you saying to like the big heads and time traveling (laughs) aliens and spaceships that are going to kill us because yeah i don't really believe in that either but are you saying that everywhere else is just dead and cold because that's stupid? Yeah, I, didn't they find water somewhere? Mars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's somewhere. evidence. I'm, I'm like, like, you know, somewhere you're like, yeah, you know, Mars. The, the planet, the one next to us, there. <laughs> it's hanging out next to us. Can't believe we forgot about her. She's doing her best. I think I see her at night, but it might be Jupiter. It's probably Jupiter. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm sure it's Jupiter. Pretty sure. Every night when we walk the dogs and we're in that area over there and you look up, Jupiter. Well, Venus is the brightest non star you can see in the sky. Other than the moon. Obviously. Right. Also a very bright non star. <laughs> yes. That yeah. That's why I had to add other than the moon. But yeah, no, if I like I think for the most part you can always see Venus, although that might be totally wrong. But Venus is no, the I one think it's that true. If it's real bright, you're like, that's brighter than everything else. And it's not moving or twinkling. It's probably Venus. Yeah. Anyway, so, Slender Man. In most of the stories, his face is white and featureless. But occasionally, the thing is that his face appears differently to anyone who sees it. Um, He's usually wearing dark suit and tie. And he's often associated with the forest or other abandoned locations. So, being close to him is often said to trigger slender sickness. The silence. In case anyone was wondering, that's the Doctor Who. Oh, that's what it is. The silence. The silence. I'm sorry, you said white face, and I was like, what is it? What is it? Like, white featureless face. And I went back there. It's the silence. Yeah. I'm really sorry for interrupting. big-ass arc for Matt Smith. It was huge. So I can't believe we forgot it, because I think that was literally, like, season six or something. I think so. Anyway, so... If you're near him, you get slender sickness, which is a rapid onset of paranoia, nightmares, and delusions accompanied by nosebleeds. Which oh. I don't... I feel like in a lot of, like, creepy and horror, like, nosebleed is a common thing. Yeah. I know two types of people. There are the type, like myself, who literally get, like, no nosebleeds. I can't remember the last time I got a nosebleed. I know, not wasn't wood. Like, we don't get nosebleeds. Yeah. That wasn't like, you got hit oh, my, nose. I got hit in the nose. Or like, no, my nose ring like scratched the inside of my nose. And I got like, you know, That's not if I touched bleed. it, there was blood, but it's not an actual nosebleed. <laughs> right. And then there's people like my friend who every time he gets in the shower, he gets a nosebleed. Like, what? gushing down the face. If what? he sneezes too hard, if he gets surprised, Wait, he so nosebleeds. every day when he showers, his nose bleeds. Yeah, pretty much. And I'm like, are where you going to die? Where's that blood coming from? <laughs> his nose. No, no, but like, <laughs> how? Where's this? Com- I have no idea. Wait, how do nosebleeds work? Uh, I actually have no clue. I actually do. Okay. I watched a video on this like two days ago. Um, don't ask. It was okay. YouTube. It was a YouTube haul. But it's the... 
capillaries that are in between your like nose canal, whatever the fuck it's called, <laughs> and your sinus yeah. are really like against the skin. Like they can burst open fairly easily. Um, so for a lot of people, it, depending on who the person oh is, God. they can be closer to the skin or not. Since we don't get nosebleeds that often, they're probably a little deeper. Yeah. For people, they're very close to the skin. Different things like air pressure changes or like sudden temperature changes, and like jumping so into like the hot. Here? Yeah. Like in here. That's why if you get a nosebleed, putting pressure on the upper bridge of your nose can actually help. Also, if you get a nosebleed, do not tilt your head back. You can drown in your own blood. You're supposed to tilt your head forward and like put a tissue to it. But, yeah. And that's Nosebleed 101 from Tyler. There you go. But, anyway, so yeah, Slenderman gives you nosebleeds. So, early stories featured him targeting children or young adults, and some of them were driven insane or acted on his behalf, while others did not. Uh Uh-huh. And others claimed that investigating the Slenderman will draw his attention. Oh. So, that's the background on the Slenderman. So, this is the Slenderman stabbing that we're going to get into. Yes. Oh, so, God, Peyton crazy. Lutner um, had been called Bella since about the first grade. Yes. So, I'm going to recall, or I'm going to call her Bella throughout this. Bella. It was her preferred name. Yes. Um, her friend Morgan Geiser had been, she and Bella had been best friends since like the fourth grade. Yeah. Um, they loved cats, playing dress up. Morgan was obsessed with Harry Potter. And, like, sometimes at lunch, they would pretend Voldemort was chasing them around the cafeteria. So they're just They're, they're just little kids. kids. They're kids. So now they're in sixth grade, and they're talking on the phone every night. Um, their favorite teacher was Miss Weidenbaum, uh, who taught reading and writing. Uh-huh. And on May 30th of 2014, which was uh, the Friday of Morgan's 12th birthday sleepover. So yeah. she about turned 12. God. Um, the girls hung around her classroom after school to help her clean up because they're nice little kids. Yeah. Um, they're... Uh, this time. Well, yeah. Then later that day, they go to the sleepover. There's three girls that are at Morgan's house for the sleepover. Morgan and Bella. And then Morgan's new friend, Anissa Wire. So, Anissa and Bella knew each other, but Morgan was the person that they had in common. Um, each of them would have said that, like, Morgan is their best friend. Um, and at school, Anissa was pretty much an outsider. And Morgan was kind of a weird little artsy girl who, like, made yeah. up a bunch of stories. Also, they're 12. Everyone's weird when I mean, you're yeah. 12. Uh, Bella was a little more social of the three. But, like, as a group, they're very much not popular girls at their middle school. Um, one of the middle school mothers called them misfits. You know, they're not girly girls and they're maybe a little immature. Yeah. Which they're 12. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I'll leave up. (laughs) Yeah. None of that surprises me. So the next morning after the birthday sleepover, so Saturday morning, um, one of them had the bright idea of crushing up some granola bars into silly putty and flinging it at the ceiling. Uh, which they then did, and then we worried about getting it down. Like, how are we going to get this down? They then played dress-up with each girl acting out her own character. Morgan yeah. was Data from Star Trek. Bella was a princess in pink. And Anissa was a prostitrol. What is that? It was a 
was a character that she made up that was uh that Morgan would later comment was sort of inappropriate. Something a prostitute troll is what it is. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, the the point of this, like, they're literally just twelve year old girls. Yeah, yeah. They're sleep just, over. They're playing games. Playing around, throwing make gross and... ass granola bar silly putty at the ceiling. Which is like weird. I, yeah. I get it. Textures are fun, but ew. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that morning, there were donuts and strawberries for breakfast, and then Morgan asked her mom if they could go outside and play. Yeah. So as they're, like, setting out for the park, uh-huh. Bella's walking ahead, and Morgan and Anissa are kind of lagging behind. Yeah. It was then that Morgan pulled up the left side of her jacket to show Anissa what she'd taken from her kitchen. Oh, shit. It was a thin knife, um, basically like a paring knife. Yeah. Like, short, five-inch blade kitchen knife. Jesus. Um, and they kind of looked at each other. And then um, Anissa would later tell police that she thought, dear God, this is really happening. Um, because they had been fantasizing about what they were about to do for months. Jeez. So, this park is... Like a pretty small, like just kind of a suburb city park, like a, yeah, just like your like neighborhood city park, and okay. Um, they go to the bathrooms, and this is when um, the girls like jump Bella, basically. Yeah, they're like holding Bella against the wall, like kind of fighting with her, um, in the bathroom stall, like trying to stab her. Yeah, and then. They kind of just stop and, like, pretend they were playing. And Bella's, like, playing along. No. She's not playing along. Or she's not, um, terrified. She's, because I think because they're, like, playing these characters, pretend to be, I think that's what she just thought it was. I don't know if they actually, if she saw the knife. Oh, okay. Okay. So I think they were just, like, fucking around in the bathroom, and she's like, aha, y'all are trying to get the princess or whatever. Like, Oh, my God. So then they decide to start playing hide-and-seek. So Meg, er, so Morgan's counting, and Anissa and Bella hide. Then, while hiding, Anissa tries to tackle Bella, but couldn't hold her down. Again, Bella's probably thinking they're playing right now. Yeah. You know. Um, it was then that Morgan gave Anissa the knife. Um, Anissa hands it back saying she's too squeamish. Um, while they're talking about this, Bella's uh, crouched down in the dirt just playing with flowers. Because she's like 12 years old. Yeah, she's just playing with flowers. Um, and then Morgan tells her, she's like, I'm not going to until you tell me to. So, Anissa started to walk away, and when she'd gone about five feet, she stopped, and she said, Kitty, now. Go ballistic, go crazy. Whoa. So, then Morgan says to Bella, you know, don't be afraid, I'm only a little kitty cat. Because, again, that was just one of her characters she played, was Anissa's cat. Um, then Morgan pushes Bella over and stabbed her 19 times in her arms and legs and in her stomach, liver, her pancreas, and, like, her chest. 
So at this point, Bella is screaming. Yeah. She's like, absolutely screaming. I hate you. I trusted you. Um, she tried to get up and walk. She wobbled. And that's when um, Anissa took her by the arm and steered her deeper into the woods and told her to lie down. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. So Morgan tried to dress Bella's wounds with a leaf, and then they just left. They just left her there in the woods. Yeah. In the spark. Uh, they went and washed up in the sinks of a nearby Walmart bathroom, filled up their water bottles. Oh my gosh, so they went into a Walmart, like, with blood on them? Uh, yeah, but it's Walmart. Oh my god. It's Walmart. So, they leave Walmart, and they're just wandering around town for a couple hours. Yeah. You know, crying and singing and, you know, kind of just walking around until police picked them up as they were sitting in the grass near an entrance to the interstate. At this point, I want to show you what they look like because they're so children. So, the blonde one is Morgan, Mm -hmm. and then the dark hair is Anissa. Yeah, they're... They're little girls. They're just little... They're sixth graders. Like... Yeah. They're kids that I'm like, are you prepared enough to, like, pack your own lunch? Like, I don't know what a sixth grader can do. I don't know what 12-year-olds are capable of. But obviously murder. Oh, Um, shit. So, when they are, you know, picked up by police, they're being interviewed, Anissa asks, uh, where's Bella's body now? Um... The female detective gently told her that Bella was alive. And according to the prosecutor's office, Bella had crawled into the road. She'd crawled from the woods up the hill to the road and was discovered by a passing cyclist who called 911 and took her to the hospital. And um, she had enough time before the anesthesia took into effect. To tell police what had happened. Yeah. So Anissa, who had been crying for most of the interview, was now, like, relieved. And then she asks, like, oh, God, will I be able to go back to school? Since, get she 12, she doesn't get what she did. Yeah. So, because since the third grade, she'd never missed a day. Yeah. So she's, like, thing in perfect attendance, like. Yeah. Which, is that even a thing anymore? I don't fucking know. So, Bella survived the stabbing. Yeah. Um, the, uh, she was I'm racing. I'm really the, glad. Yeah. I'm really glad she did. Me too. She was raced to the hospital after the biker found her. She, the wounds on her arms and legs, uh, were just a soft tissue and didn't really. Like, superficial. Yeah, wasn't yeah. a big thing. Two of the stab wounds were to some major organs, oh, and in God. one, the knife had nearly penetrated her heart and missed a major artery by less than a millimeter. Less than? So, one of the doctors that operated on her said, if the knife had gone the width of a human hair further, she wouldn't have lived. Whoa. Yeah. God. When you, okay, so in my head, and this is a weird thing I'm going to try to articulate, but when you think about it, when someone's stabbing someone, it's just such this quick motion. Yeah. And, it, and it's so fast. And you don't think about, I, I say this as if I've done it, I obviously haven't, but I would imagine you're not 
thinking about where that knife is going. No. And just all the the intricate details and the intricacies of the body of where that could potentially go. So the other wound went through her diaphragm and cut into her liver and stomach. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah. Stomach. I know. It was the fucking gut. Like, ugh. Yes. So to repair the wounds, the doctors had to crack open her chest. She was in surgery for six hours. Oh my gosh. So after the surgery, she was intubated and communicated by writing on a pad of paper. Um, and oh. two days after the incident, uh, she was able to speak, but talking was still really painful. Because of the diaphragm? Um, yeah, because yeah. of like, all of the damage from the knife in her diaphragm. Jeez. Poor girl. So, in 2017, so... Oh! More recently. I mean, it was... Because the... the, When did this happen again? uh, May of 2014. 2014. 2014. Yeah, so it's three years later. Yeah. Which, kind of like we mentioned in earlier cases, I think is a real... Time is more of a precedent when... The people in the court case are children. Like it, it is. Because there's a big difference between a 12-year-old and now a 15 or 16-year-old. Yes, and that came up in the Maddie Clifton case when mm-hmm. I was telling you that they went back to see if they could retry him. Yeah. But at the time, he was in his 30s, and when this happened, he was 14. Yeah. I think 14. I'm pretty sure 14. But it's just, it's hard to tell. Exactly. And, like, this case, they're now standing in front of the court at 15, 16. Which, I mean, they're they're still children. They're still children. But But they're not. a sixth grader is a lot different. Than someone who can drive? Someone, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So, in 2017, Anissa pled guilty to, which I do, okay. So, in reading a lot of these sources, it'll say pleaded guilty. Is it pleaded or pled? I thought it was pled. That's what I thought. Um, but I've seen it both way. Yeah. I don't know. Ways. To me, it's, like, honestly, with the way that, like, law language is, it could mean something different. I know. Like, it could mean, like, one's a plea deal and one is just accepting the charges or fucking whatever. I don't uh, know. You're absolutely right. Listeners, if y'all know the difference, let us know, because I'm curious. Let us know. I'm going to use pleaded, because that's what the sources use. Yeah, use what the sources use. In in 2017, Anissa pleaded guilty to being a party to attempted second-degree homicide. Mm -hmm. Um, A jury found her not guilty by mental disease or defect. And this was Anissa? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Morgan accepted a plea offer uh, under which she would not go to trial... Um, but she would be evaluated by psychiatrists to see um, how long she should be placed in a mental hospital. Okay. Um, she later pleaded guilty and was found not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect as well. Yeah. So Anissa was sentenced to 25 years to life, um, which is like an indeterminate cis- sentence um, that involves at least three years locked in confinement and involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute. So she's not going to jail. Okay, I was about to say, you need to explain this because I'm confused. She's not going to jail because she was found not guilty by mental disease or defect, but she has 25 years to life in a psychiatric hospital. 
that's still intense. Yep. That's intense. So she will be in that institute, followed by communal supervision until at least the age of 40. And are you about to say what happened to Morgan? Yes. Okay. And then I have a question. So Morgan was sentenced to the maximum 40 years to life. Um, Whoa. Which... More, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Well, possibly more. Potentially more, but yeah. <laughs> which also involves at least three years in locked confinement. And in addition... Does that mean solitary confinement? I think so, which is real fucked up. No, that's really fucked up. They're young. Yeah, this... I really do not agree with... um, The sentencing? sentencing I don't either. Um, So, uh, locked confinement. In addition to involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute until complete resolution of symptoms or until age 53, whichever may happen first followed by continued communal supervision, periodic reevaluations, and or reinstitution, and further treatment per needed as required by the sentence imposed. So I will say it could mean in locked confinement means she's staying in a mental, um, like an institution for that minimum three years. And, and then, then after that, maybe she has like house arrest with like a living nurse or something i'm not sure oh but just the wording of it it sounds like solitary and if that's the case because that's from reading this the yeah, story and sources that's what it sounds like it i think she's in basically in solitary so and i cannot one solitary is one of the most fucked up things that we as a system do and is Literally torture. Like, it's not... I'm pretty sure it is... I think it's the Geneva Convention on Torture. I think it's the Geneva Convention. Um, anyway, yeah. identifies, like, solitary confinement as torture. Like, as a war crime. Yeah. But America doesn't give a fuck about that. I mean, we still fucking waterboard people because war crimes and... Because America's above the law. I... Fucking... I know. I do not agree with solitary confinement at all because I feel someone who's acting out in that way, like, there's obviously some deep-rooted issues and putting them in solitary confinement is just going to make that worse. Well, and there are definitely people who are more of a danger to others or to themselves that do need, like, you know, more eyes on them or whatever. Yeah. But you can you, you can still if we better fund and better staff and start actually treating our prisons like rehabilitation instead of just sheer fuck you, you're a monster. Punishment. Then yeah, we can actually do that and not fuck up these people for life who maybe went to jail for whatever but literally by being in this system where they are now a second-class citizen forever, they become a career criminal. Right. Because that's what jail... That's what prison does. I know. Well, and I just thought of two things. So, one, like, about solitary confinement, like, maybe there are some people who do need some isolation, but at least, you know... 
have their meals with people mm-hmm. or have some interaction with others yeah. to where it's like, okay, so they're alone for seven, eight hours, then they mm-hmm. see someone, then they're alone for another seven, eight hours. Like, it's still a long period of time, but... Well, one of the biggest things of solitary confinement is not only that isolation piece, but also just the different ways that it is just psychological torture. The fact that there's no way to tell time. There's no windows. They never turn off the lights, usually. Like, that's... That's so fuck. That's literally... You're trying to destroy someone's mind. Because that's not doing this for any helpful or rehabilitative reason. Like, there's... Right. There's no basis for that other than you want to be an asshole to this person. If you are in the criminal justice system because you want to get back at people or you want to fucking be the bully you were in high school, you shouldn't be a prison guard or a police officer or whatever. Mm, Right. Because the men and women who do that are helping and saving lives in so many different ways. Yeah. And when you have these assholes that come in that just want to beat the shit out of prisoners or that just want to fucking, I don't know, show they have a giant dick and shoot people. I will say, I've been watching Orange is the New Black mm-hmm. a lot. And it's very much, not necessarily changed my perspective because I already knew that people in prisons were treated like absolute shit. Yeah. And like that it's, That I don't agree with that and that it should be more rehabilitation. Uh, But it's given me a a new perspective of how awful it is. Mm -hmm. And did you know that there was, and I haven't heard any news on it, so I don't really know how it's going. But supposedly this week there was supposed to be a prison riot. Oh. Because uh, prisoners are doing work for pennies on the dollar. Oh, yeah, it's like very for common for in prison for, like, prisoners to earn, like, a couple cents per hour of work. Yeah, no, exactly. Which is... And there was a, I, there's a riot that is supposed to be organized, and there was one that happened in the past, and a lot of the mystery, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, around this is how the word gets spread mm-hmm. uh, to different prisons around the country, but it's something I'm I'm trying to follow, and I need to look up and see. I was listening to NPR a couple of days ago, and it was talking about that that was getting ready to happen. Um, but I agree. Is? Like, that's, that's horrible. Like, I think, I think prisoners doing work is a good thing for them mentally, and mm. also oh, just to, to have some place in society... But anyway, I do just want to end mine with saying that the reason that Morgan and Anissa did this was because they wanted to please Slenderman. Yeah. They they thought he wanted to hurt their families, and by doing this, they would protect their families. Yeah. Um, And they also thought this would please him, and they would be able to join him. So that's why they decided to stab their friend. Yeah. 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 So, thankfully, six days after the attack, she did leave the hospital, and she actually started school the following fall of 2014. Oh, my God. Good. Yeah. I'm really happy to hear that. She was able to go back. Yeah. Me too. So, freely, I guess, jumping into the postmortem, 
Oh, I oh, think, okay. Post yeah. Go. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you won. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I will take that win. It's been a while since I've won. Uh, your your case is very. In- we picked really intense we cases did. for we this really episode. We did. And um, both of them are valid of of winning. But I'm glad that I I you picked me to win. But. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm picking yeah. a red wine. Just gonna just say it right now. Oh, no, out. it's fine. I picked a white this time because, again, it's still like 103. Did you know so far, this is now already the sixth hottest summer ever? In Austin? Mm-hmm. It's been real hot. And it's like the hottest one since, I believe, 2011. It's, oh, so it's my hottest one here. Yeah. It's real hot. It is. And it's the most, and hottest well, being the most triple digit days. Well, Austin wanted to welcome you with open, open arms. It's not open arms. It's an open oven door and I want to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was really witty. Oh, thank you. Um, okay. Well. Anyway, with that note. Thank you. Yes. And thank you, make everyone. sure to like and comment. Or on yes. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. Yes, we do have a Facebook. Um, we have our Twitter. We have our Instagram. We have... I guess those are our big social media platforms. Yeah. Um, and Patreon. We do post a lot on Patreon, but you'll only get to see it if you're a supporter. Yeah. And one of the like most important things we could ask y'all to do, like, please rate and review us. Yes. Uh, we really appreciate seeing what y'all have to say praises things we can improve just like let us know um let us climb up in those rankings on itunes we love hearing from you if there are ideas you'd love for us to add into the show if there are cases if there are just different segments you'd like us to talk about let us know yeah well and also like reach out to us um sam reached out to us and as you can see we we interact with yes. our listeners we want to talk to you yes. so reach out you know, talk reach to us out. we're not scary we don't bite um we don't and you know send us a i don't know slide into those dms oh god do it <laughs> um okay <laughs> <laughs> all right well everyone thank you for listening thank you everyone we love y'all all right xoxo blood and wine signing off Bye. Bye.